0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Pacers traveled to Denver Monday night hoping to continue their momentum after a win against the Phoenix on Saturday. They hoped, despite a snowstorm delaying them for, I think about two days of travel that they would be able to get in Denver and get rolling, and they did early on. We had a close game in the first quarter, first half, and a strong third quarter from the Pacers. Allowed them to take a four-point lead into the fourth quarter. They were propelled partially by Justin Holiday's 16 first-half points. Dumbag turn off the bench, put up 12 points, including four or seven from three. But a miserable fourth quarter, including two points in the first seven minutes, cost the Pacers the game in Denver as they lose 121 106 to the Nuggets. Nuggets were led by Nikolai Jokic's 32 points, as well as 20 points from Will Barton, and Michael Porter Jr. Welcome in the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, from the coast of this wonderful show. And on today's podcast, I'm going to break down the Pacers, lost the Nuggets. But to start, I think we have to talk about that fourth quarter. Ooh, what a stinker that was. Two points in the first seven minutes. Basically lost the game there, uh, bad shot after bad shot, turnover after turnover. It felt like I think they had five turnovers in the first six minutes, uh, clear path fouls. Just, ugh, so many bad things. I mean, you could, you could see in bones face the end of the game. It was a rough one. Uh, this loss is not unexpected. So the Pacers, if you had to take all things into consideration, three games and four nights all on the West Coast. Higher, You know, more ele- this weird elevation in Denver makes it harder to play and keep sustained energy throughout the game. You add in the fact that they were snowed in Phoenix for two days, so they just got the, got the Denver this morning, which meant they didn't really get a shoot-around and all the normal stuff they get. And the fact that Denver is, you know, I think the three or four seed in the East, depending to on tonight's game. So I'm looking up real fast. But one of the best, I don't know, eight. You know, they're- so they are the five seed, but they're probably, in my opinion, one of the best eight teams in the league and a, and a legit championship contender. I mean, they're a legit team, or they could— If they made the finals, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm shocked by that. So you add those things up. It's like, of course, the Pacers could lose this game. But it felt like it was within grasp. Four-point lead heading in the fourth. Played a really good third quarter. Execution offensively was fantastic. They had a strong defensive stop at the end. Despite not being able to get a rebound in the last minute of the third quarter, they had stop after stop, bad shot after bad shot, forcing for Denver. It just felt like things were moving in a good direction. And then that fourth quarter starts, and the momentum flips completely. The team goes from being like you know, feeling it's going to be a tight game, come down to some big play, maybe Brody can step up late or Sabonis or whatever, to, like, they're not even in this game by the time they bring Brody back in off the bench. Um, and it, it's a lot to go around. I mean, it, it, Sabonis was, was bricking shots left and right to start that quarter. Uh, he maybe wasn't getting foul calls at the same time. You can make a case for that. They just—the five guys they had in, they just didn't have any really offense to go with them. I mean, Sabonis was the offense, and when he— he basically was being kind of, they were trying, like, Denver was either going to, like, swarm him, or try to force the ball out of his hand, and there's nothing really else to go to, right? It was a kind of McDermott who couldn't, who caught a couple of threes. McConnell's not a really good offensive threat. Goga really isn't. And then you had, it was. I believe it was Sumner out there with them. So it just, it just wasn't a bad offensive lineup, and it's what cost this team the game, ultimately. Not Goga, I'm sorry. Uh, Aaron Holiday was out there with them. It was Goga. It was Goga on the bench, but it was Sumner, Aaron Holiday, McConnell, McDermott, and Sabonis. And just, it just wasn't a good bench unit, to be honest, at that point. Um, and so going forward, they're going to have to figure out, do they want to play Levert more that start that fourth quarter like they did the other night against Phoenix, which I think – I mean, they also played bad in the first six minutes of the, of the Phoenix fourth quarter, but they had such a good third quarter in that game that it didn't really matter, right? They had, I think they had a 20-point lead heading into the fourth, so, like, they could blow 10 points and still get back. But this time when they blew 10 points, they were only up four. And really, they, I think they got scored the 22-2 to two start this quarter. Um, and that was just – they just didn't have a big enough built-up lead – to be able to come back from that and they felt like this game just got out of reach and a game where they could have had a shot late and kept this close just slipped away from them and I really hope this was a turning point I thought oh this is a point oh they can beat Phoenix and they beat Denver maybe they'll lose to Brooklyn but like they're gonna end up being like 23 and 23 at the end of this like month which like we've done before I said before um with Tony 20 wins is the goal so 23 and 23 would be awesome you know, they head in that really easy easier stretch in April. I'm like, oh, they can be about five hundred, but the thing's starting to slip away, right? So right now they sit as sit as the ten seed. Uh about two and a half back of or one and a half back of Atlanta. Half a game back of Chicago who's the nine. Atlanta's the eight seed. Uh they're about three full games back of the five, six, and almost um and three and a half games back of Miami was at four. And it just feels like right now things are starting to slip away right. Atlanta's been on a run Miami's been on a run Boston's kind of been maybe not right now on a run but wasn't a runner before the break it's probably one on a run and the Pacers haven't and so the 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 shot at even being one of those top six seeds is slowly slipping away unless you can go on like a really nice win win streak where they win 10 of 12 you know 11 of 13 nine of nine of you know let's call it 12 of 15, that 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 kind of run. They need to do that to be able to to propel themselves into even a shot in that four or five, which is their only really shot of winning a first round series, considering the top of the East right now is so loaded. Uh, those three teams that they're gonna have trouble winning a first round playoff series. And maybe it's just in this team's year, getting Karras back, he's still a little rusty, still figuring it out, which is fine. It's what do you expect? Warren all season basically right now has been out, maybe he'll come back towards the end of the year, but it's pretty much out, He's been out all year and he was their best player last year arguably at times so maybe this is what what to expect but it's sort of rough but there were some positive things from the Denver game and there were some others sort to of break down I mean there wasn't just you know that fourth quarter wasn't all all and everything um and I want to talk about Malcolm Brogdon at the end of this podcast just how good he's playing of late especially these, these first three games start start the second half but um we'll do that next we'll talk about the Denver game what we liked and didn't what I, what I liked and didn't like and then I will uh talk about Malcolm Brogdon for a little bit. But first, today's locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com right now, to for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake pads, tail lamps, motor, oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you get everything you need and a few easy clicks to live directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On" L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in the How to Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Main selection, right below prices, all the parts car will ever need. RockAuto.com. I thought Miles Turner had a really good, nice game. Considering I mean, he didn't have a great shooting night, but eight points, nine rebounds, five blocks for him. Uh, I thought he was really effective defensively in that third quarter. Was particularly effective at blocking shots. I mean, he was doing what he was doing. I mean, I thought I thought he had the kind of performance that. Propels this team on some nights where they maybe shouldn't win games. That kind of defensive performance, and he was so good, and it kind of made up for the fact that Sabonis just wasn't very good all night. Um, Sabonis ended up finishing the game with ten points, ten assists, and nine rebounds, but five eleven shooting, uh, and just minus fifteen was the worst plus minus on the court for for the Pacers. Um, so when he's out today, they lost the most. Uh, but I thought Turner played really well. Uh, he continues to be just a defensive marvel at times. For uh, off of the bench, I thought McDermott finally being on that bench, we finally saw him kind of a little bit of a resurgence after some slow starts. I mean, Justin Holiday was the best player of the night for the Pacers. He was so good in that first half, hitting three after three. He's 5 of them from three, finally got going after I think he was three of his last 17 from three. Uh, the team just looked a little better. I thought. I thought the starters— we're okay in that first quarter. Second quarter, things got a little rough for, you know, 35 all, and then all of a sudden they blew. You give up, you know, 15 straight points or whatever, and then all of a sudden, but they clawed their way back. I thought there's just, there's just, feels like there's a little more, um, pop ability in this team now versus what we've seen, uh, before the, the, in the first half of the season. And part of that is having Karras, who had 17 points, and he wasn't great, you know, he was not, minus 14. He's still figuring out defensively and where to be and had gel jello players, but, um, his offense is like a much-needed thing, and just the, the warm body is really helpful. Uh, the other thing, not having Jimmy Lamb really helps his team, right? No Lamb out there means this team can uh, theoretically have a much better defense. And so I thought just when it came to it for like three quarters, things looked really well, and that that, that bench unit with Sabonis was just terrible. Um, for a while, and I, they've got to figure that, figure that out. I mean, the, the problem they, they continue to have is McConnell is not – good enough offensively you know he's been really good at passing the ball but when he has nights like tonight where he had just two points one steal and three assists he's just like not effective enough to be out there because he he shrinks the court so much and then when you add Sumner who's shrinking the court hall Aaron Hall is doing the same thing you just end up in this position where like Sabonis is good but he's not that good I mean they're basically not through him and McDermott are the only two guys can score teams don't respect the other three guys so it doesn't have to hit shots um to to the surprise of people or Spones has to, like, fight through double and triple teams to score points, and it's not the easiest thing to do. I mean, you could see that he was getting fouled, and they weren't calling them. I mean, you know, I'm not sure they were fouled, but he was getting contact, and they weren't calling contact, and he was fighting through a ton of just, like, there's, like, like an uphill battle, right? Spones is really good when he he has one-on-one, he can spin around and use his, you know, body to kind of position himself around the guys, but when you have to, when he has to go up against double teams and just bigger bodies constantly being thrown over and over again, he's not, you know, he's not... He's not otherworldly athletic, like you would say, like a Joel Embiid is, right? Where Embiid can, like, be double, triple team, and the dude just can score. bonus just needs a little things to be a little bit better for him when it comes to that time. I thought the starters overall, though, were pretty good, right? When Justin Holiday played in his 32 minutes, they were a plus 10. Um, and so that means—and he was mainly out there with the other four starters most of the time. I mean, that was kind of the when the starting five was out there was when Holiday was out there. Um, and so I think that starting five is starting to look better— I, I just don't know. I just don't know if they have enough of a bench to the Pacers right now. It feels like their bench is still a little weak, but I think you can talk this game up to they may ran out of steam in the fourth quarter after a really nice three quarters because they were coming off three and four nights and they were traveling on the day. But uh, it really felt like this one was in, with ingress and they had a shot. For Denver, I mean, they couldn't stop Jokic. I mean, Jokic didn't have like this otherworldly night, but he finished with 32 points, 14 rebounds, 11 with 25 shooting. Uh, Michael Porter had another really efficient, nice night. Nine of fifteen for twenty points. They they just don't have an answer for really good small fours on the team. And Jokic finally torched them after the last game, really kind of being very mediocre in their game about two weeks ago. Uh, but if you ask me, like I said before this game, not an unexpected loss, but it just was a classic kind of Pacers game. What's amazing to me is they I think they had seventeen made threes coming into the fourth, and I believe the team record is twenty one, and they didn't make a single three in the fourth quarter. Uh, and they got a rebound by 15. I mean, that, that's seven offensive rebounds. That's what will, that will cost you it. You know, I don't. when you look at the, the rebounding battle, it's really hard to kind of look at uh, defensive rebounds just because if you miss more shots, right, you'll more defensive rebounds. But Nuggets got seven more shots off because of seven more offensive rebounds. And uh, they were shooting better from three than the Pacers. They were getting a more Pacers, and they shot better from the field. So that's basically how, how you lose this game. Uh, the Pacers were able to keep up with some fast break points and some other kind of turnovers, but... It just wasn't. It just that fourth quarter did it. The Denver really executed well in that fourth quarter to pull this one out, and that's basically all I can say about this game. Um, but I want to talk about Malcolm Brogdon a little bit, so let's do this. Let's take another quick break, and then I'll talk about Malcolm Brogdon. But the po- locked on your podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. So Built Bar is doing this kind of amazing thing called Built Bar Madness. They have a matchup for every NCAA tournament game coming up, and you can check that out on their Built Bar Twitter. They don't have it right now, obviously, because there's no Mark Madness, but when that gets going, and we've been talking about Book Bar for a long time, they're this amazing protein bar company that makes these awesome 100% covered in chocolate bars that are high in protein, low in sugar, and great for somebody kind of, maybe if you're trying to indulge in a snack or lose weight or maintain weight or whatever, is that they're a great and perfect snack. I like them. I'm a big fan of the peanut butter brownie one. And if you use promo code LOCKED15, right now you get 15% off your next order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D one five. You get 15% off for your next order at BuiltBar.com. And make sure to check out their, their matchups for the NCAA tournament because there might be some prizes you can win. So on Twitter, you can go to Built underscore Bar. But use promo code LOCK15 when you buy Built Bar for 15% off because Built Bar is the best tasting protein, protein bar on the market. And we're also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college, basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even has covered things like awards, reality TV, TV shows, whatever it is. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place all your bets, and it's free to sign up. At the website or use mobile phone today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You put $100 down, you get $50 of free money. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L O C K E D O N, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So since the All-Star break, Malcolm Brogdon, over three games, is averaging nearly 27 points per game. He's shot above 50% every game and above 50% from three in every game. I don't know if this is a mini just little burst from him or it obviously won't sustain. I mean, I'm not gonna shoot. he's not going to shoot that well going forward, but he feels like he is a... Different level of efficient coming out of the brick. Like he's found his groove, and really, it's a three-point shot, right? His three-point shot has not been great this year. It's been, you know, I think on the season he's somewhere in like the mid to low thirties. So if you look at a three-point percentage by month, this is a good way to track it. So pre All-Star, it was thirty-eight percent. Now it's sixty-one percent post All-Star. So that's dragged percentage up to almost thirty-nine percent from three this year, which is which is really good, um, like nearly. 50, 40, 90, not quite 50% percentage, but um, almost 40%. And that's like a new kind of level for him. But by month, here's three point percentage. So in December it was 35%, then shot 41 in January, one of his better months. Then it was down to 33 in February. Um, February was a really bad month for this team. And, you know, January was a better month for this team. Really the kind of first, they played five times in December. So January was probably the team's best month so far this season. And so I think you can kind of see it with this team. It kind of ebbs and flows. Based on his play, I mean, I, I, you know, he's not he's not somebody who amazes you in every game. He doesn't come out and just, you know, score 60, you know, have a 40-point opportunity, make a ton of threes, but he's a consistent guy who can get you 20 points night after night and can get you, you know, five or six assists night after night. And when he's efficient, this team is just better. And even though they lost to the last three games, they've been in all the last three games. I mean, by the time you got into tonight's game, they had no shot because uh, they played him with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. But it, it feels like he is finding a different kind of groove and a new kind of level. What we talk about, like, where he's just figuring out that he, you know, maybe it's Karis helping stretch the floor a little bit. I mean, I'm excited once we get worn back in about a month or two. I say we, I'm part of the Pacers. The Pacers get worn back in hopefully a month or two that they can create even more space for Because I think if Brogdon can be like this, you know, he was tonight, 16 shots and make seven and nine of them, 20-plus points, this team should win most of those games, especially if you add adding the other points from Warren and, and better Karras' performance as he gets kind of going and gets more into a rhythm and a flow of the offense. And so I, the thing I like about Brogdon right now that I think ultimately is his best, he's picking his 3 points shots just a tiny bit better and becoming a little more efficient. I'm sure he'll have some bad three-point games here or there going forward, but um, it feels like he's being forced into bad shots or having to like be the bailout for this team in some ways. And, um they end up shot clocks just because there's a little more offense out there, and so it's it's exciting because, like I said, when he's at his best, this team has a much higher ceiling, and he's the reason this team honestly was in all three games. Right? You can talk about Sabonis, who had a really nice night against the Suns, and kind of probably kind of put them over the top, but the reason they've been able to be competitive in a ways where I thought they should pro- maybe should have won all three is Rogan, which is pretty impressive considering they played three of the best teams in the West on the road after the All Star break in four three and four nights and against, you know, LeBrons and the Chris Pauls and the Jokic, all three guys who are great, great players on great teams, is because of Brogdon. I mean, he he is playing at an extremely high level right now. It might just be a weak thing, and we'll look back in two or three weeks and think, oh, all right, whatever. This was is, is what it is. But for now, I'm really impressed by what I'm seeing from him, and I hope he can keep it up because I think this team needs it to go forward. Um, you know, this week they've got – I think they got three other games, Brooklyn and twice against Miami. I think they need to win two more times this week, in my opinion, to really kind of keep pushing above that, right? Because by the end of the week, they could be, if they if they don't, they win only, well, they win only one game this week, right? So they only Miami once. That means they'll be 18-23, and 23, which I think will probably put them about four games back of Miami by that point. And, it, and the thing about the Patriots was we said they needed to be 20-26, and 26, me and Tony, as in we, uh, at the end of March, after this kind of tough run to have a shot at making the playoffs or making really like a a decent shot. But we were assuming, too, the East would stay about 500. Well, the East is not staying at 500 right now. The 4-5 teams, 4-5 seeded, are a little bit above 500, like two or three games. And if that sustains, it's been really hard for this Pacers team to get above 500 if they don't finish the month, maybe more like 22 and 26. Not 22, 22 and 24 or something like that, just because they're going to be so far out, right? If the East, everybody in the East was was going to be like in the season they'll be 36 and 36 right that's what the records will be after 71 games that's the 500 but if the five seed in the east is 40 and 32 which probably not be that high but maybe 37 and 35 or 30 maybe 39 and 33 it's going to be really hard for the pacers to catch that i mean i don't know if i see 39 wins left in their schedule i think i predicted 37 or 36 but it's, you know, so they have to exceed some of those things I thought, and I thought they were going to lose basically, like, I thought they lose Phoenix, I thought they would lose Brooklyn, but they would lose once to Miami, so they have to somehow steal another one of those next three games. But I guess I thought they beat Denver, so flip that around in some ways. Um, so yeah, they it just, they got to figure figure out somewhere in the schedule where they can kind of keep stealing wins. I mean, they can beat Miami twice, that why things a whole lot better, because also bring the Miami team, who's the fourth seed in the East right now down, but... I don't know if I see that happening, but a huge piece of that's going to be Brogdon. Can he keep up this kind of level and play with the best, right? Brooklyn, we'll see. I mean, the, Brooklyn's so good right now and uh, hardened at a whole nother level than anybody else, but can Brogdon keep up with somebody like Butler, at least for a little bit, right? He couldn't do it in the playoffs last year, but can he do it now with a little better roster and, you know, a Karis Avert who is slowly getting back? And we'll see because I'm getting nervous, right? If this team really can't, can't get in the top six, I, I don't necessarily know the point of them making the playoffs. And so I'm not going to call for a full tank. Tanking is stupid, but I also think maybe if the team isn't healthy and they can't get wins, it's better off having a better draft pick. Just going to leave it out there and that's how I'm going to end this show. As always, you can follow this pod this show on Twitter at Lockdown Pacers. You can follow me on Twitter at From adam 5 my co-host Tony's at T East nba We bring you this podcast five days a week. So check back tomorrow for our preview of the Brooklyn Nets game. And I will talk to you guys again on Thursday, breaking down the Nets game. That is all for his Locked On Patriot podcast. Have a great rest of your day.